Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. And we have a guest on. Um, can you introduce yourself? Of course. Hi, guys. My name is Louis Cobain. Um, I'm from Jordan originally, and I live in Denver currently. Um, retired petroleum engineer, and I've been married to my husband for almost four years. Um, and I just read your book. I finished it in two days, um, <laughs> which is saying a lot for me right now because quarantine reading, um, like throughout the past slow. year, has been so difficult for me and really. I've barely been able to finish any books. I mean, this year it's better, but um, but yeah. So this one, this one, I just could not. I couldn't stop. Like it well, just, it was very captivating. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you. It comes out on April April thirteenth. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. So, do you want to talk about like what made you decide to to write the book at this point in your life? So I've been wanting to write this book for a very, very, very long time. And every time I start writing it, I just stop. My PTSD was not allowing me to really get into like uh, my past and all the details, um, and all the trauma that I uh, lived through. But one day I just sat down. I'm like, I'm going to do it because everybody tells me that my story is inspiring. My story should be heard and should be read by um, a lot of people because it's gonna inspire them to keep fighting and be themselves and be true to themselves. So I sat down, I I remember December 1st, 2019, and I just started writing. Oh, wow. So you just did it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I just just did it. (laughs) Oh, and just for listeners, I didn't mention the title of the book. It's The Kingdom's Sandcastle. And we'll yes. include all the links so you can check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So did you have a background in writing before that? Or you're just like... Okay, I, I, wrote, I wrote my first novel when I was nine years old. Okay. And it was in Arabic. <laughs> it wow. was in Arabic. And um, I, I have no idea what happened to that novel. But... You uh, need to find it. Yeah. I, I know. I need to go to Jordan and just like hunt for it. Um, that was the only time I actually wrote something. Everything else was just like technical papers for work or for school. Gotcha. Um, and fun fact about me, I don't read. <laughs> I mean, I can read. Yeah. It's just I, I read like scientific journals, stuff related to my work or yeah. school uh, textbooks, but I actually can't just sit down and commit to a book. But I love writing. I think it can be really hard when your job involves so much reading already or like what yeah. you do during yeah. the day and sometimes so it much. just like drains your appetite to like sit and look at more text yeah especially like after i finish each chapter i go over it multiple times and and then i go over the book multiple times and i'm just like done like i read so many basically like 20 books but it's just the same book but i read it like 20 times total <laughs> oh got you because you really want to like it, to make sure that I'm capturing yeah. every every important moment and every mm-hmm. event um, that's you know that should be mentioned. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned like this, yeah. you weren't ready to write it before because of obviously re- revisiting a bunch of trauma to you know write it and craft it into a book. Um, did you just feel like you were ready for that at this point and you were able to work through it, or what was that process um, like emotionally? That was very, actually, it was very, very difficult to write it. Um, you know, when you're suffering from PTSD, your mind is like actually blocks certain trauma from surfacing. And the more you think about it, it starts surfacing. And 
it's it it just shocks you all over again. It's like you're like you're relieving the trauma all over again. So I noticed that I would write a chapter, write two chapters and three chapters, and moving on, and then I start remembering certain events that I completely forgot about. Yeah, and I would have to rewrite everything that I wrote. What really bothered me is that I could not control myself in 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 a sense that I'm like hey this is the past it's not going to come back and haunt you because it felt like I'm reliving it if that makes sense no it does and also um without okay without spoiling too much there was a lot that you described that was described in the book that was experienced like with substances involved and yeah. so I know there was a lot of like numbness in the moment and now that you had to revisit it without that, it must have been a kind of a new experience in a way, even if you're remembering something from the past. Definitely. And especially that the, you know, the story goes back to 2004 through 2007, and now it's 2021. Yeah. And I'm 34 years old. And when it happened, it started at 18. So I literally had a different personality back then you know i was still you know developing my personality so the way i'm reacting to these events that happened back back in the day now are different than i um uh, how i you know reacted to them back in the day later if that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah um for people who haven't um, no people listening haven't read the book um without i guess spoiling too much could you just kind of give a little synopsis about um what the book covers so the book basically follows my story from uh, the age of 18 till 21 when i got sent back home uh, from the us to jordan and then uh, my mom unfortunately passed away and then i met this guy who had an evil plan that i was not aware of and it just you know yeah. covers basically everything that i uh lived through with that person until I, I was able to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Literally evil. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, he, you know, but yeah. when I met him, I was very young. It was my first Mother's Day after my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And I needed validation. I needed love. I needed acceptance. I needed something to fill that huge void in my heart. And there he was the most handsome man that I've ever seen in my life who literally treated me like a king for, you know, the first few months. Yeah. And then it all changed. I don't know. It sounded like this, this happens a lot. Some people like that just are charismatic and have so much charm. And they, they can get away with it. That's the problem. Yeah. And they can spot when people are at their most vulnerable and kind of swoop in there. Yep. Yep. And I was definitely vulnerable when I met him. Um, I think it, that was the most vulnerable time in my life. You were dealing with both grief and then also having to hide so much about yourself. Um, oh yeah, and, and leading like... a double life, and you know, it's just it puts so much pressure on you. And especially yeah. that my mom knew about me and she was supportive. We didn't really talk about it, but I mean, we used to play dress up growing up. Like she would put makeup on me. I would wear her heels and dresses and. You know, yeah. she, she would take pictures and like she knew who I was. She was, she sounded uh, incredible. Like, yeah, she was amazing. a really incredible woman. She loved everybody. She respected everybody. She never talked 
bad behind anybody's back. Yeah. I mean, the way you, you the way you described like when she passed away and all the people who came to remember her, it was just like that, that showed so much. And, and the fact that you didn't know, like so many people came and you were like, wait, who are all these people that shows, I don't know. it, It just like, showed how much she did without like boasting without, about like it. you know bragging about it because yeah, you know yeah like a lot of people like they love to do charity but they want recognition for it yeah uh my mom just did it behind our backs and we did not know yeah that's incredible yeah. that says so I mean, much yeah yeah um she i mean she was she was an elegant lady for sure and i mean it's it's, it's it was a big loss for everybody when you know when we lost her um is are you still are you like in touch with your brother i i talk to my brother yes um i don't really talk to my dad um after i came out really uh, i just got back from california and i came out to three of my cousins and they're like uh duh we knew <laughs> So oh. that was kind of awesome. That was kind of refreshing. Like they knew and like, but when I dropped the when I dropped the bomb was, mm-hmm. is that they did not know that I was married because obviously I didn't tell them right. Okay. So um, when I tell them like, hey, by the way, I'm married too. It's like what? <laughs> oh, so that part they were like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was kind of cool. Like it was kind of refreshing, you know, for like Arabs to be so accepting. Yeah. Of of their cousin who is, you know, the youngest cousin and is the only gay cousin in the family. Yeah. That, you so, know, that, you that know, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Like my, so my family's Saudi Arabian and the, the few people who know I'm gay have been the ones like they have asked me, they've been like, are you gay? So I've had like a few of my Saudi relatives just come out and say like, Hey, what's up? And then I'll tell them. <laughs> <laughs> and and like the ones who have asked me about it um and i i confirm it they're they're so supportive but it's also it's always like okay but don't tell anyone else so there's a there's still a line at least like it's like yeah. private still a little bit of public. a line it's like we accept it but don't tell anyone else because of like yeah exactly because they worry about the family's image and family's reputation yeah um like when i told my brother i was gay that was a long time ago he immediately said like being gay is a disease you know like if you tell your dad you're gonna kill him and that was after my mom died obviously and you can like tell like i just felt isolated like the whole time i felt isolated and i came out i came out to my best friend in seventh grade um he turned out to be bi Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, he was the only one who knew about me for a very long time. Yeah, he shows up in the book. Yep, Robert. Yeah, yeah. A.K.A. Robert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robert, if you're listening. <laughs> Thanks I think he's for... in California. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in 10 years oh. or, so, or more, probably. Um, is right, Has writing this book kind of been like an additional layer of coming out? Sort of. I mean, if the book becomes a hit or, you know, goes big. Yeah. <laughs> I guess everybody's going to know, right? Yeah. Um, so even even everybody, like my entire family would know. Yeah. So, you know, those who don't know will know. Um, so I guess I, I knew what I was getting into, but I did not realize the enormity of the situation that I would be putting myself in 
until I signed a deal with my publisher. I'm like, oh, this is real this now. Is like, really this is happening. happening. You know, when I finished, I'm like, huh, I'm not sure if it's going to be published ever. And now I have a publisher. I'm like, okay, so I guess the whole world is going to know that Louis it's official. Is- <laughs> uh, it's official. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my story. I, I hope it inspires people um, who are in a, you know, a similar situation like I was. Mm-hmm. And I... I it just like I said, I it just I hope it inspires them. Yeah. Um, have you been back to Jordan? I've been back uh, twice since 2011. In 2013, for my brother's wedding, I was the best man, and of course, you know, uh, everybody was asking me, "When is your turn? When is your? When are you going to get married?" And I'm like, "It's not legal in Jordan yet." Like, what do you mean? Nothing. <laughs> Um, and I went back again for my best friend's wedding, one of my other best friends in Jordan, and I was the best man as well. And same question again, mm. <laughs> like, you know, I just wanted to tell him like, I have a boyfriend, but of course you can't say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then I married my boyfriend with my husband the year after in 2017. Yeah. Like now I did it. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I did it. I did it. <laughs> I did what you wanted me to, just yeah. not how you wanted yeah, me to. Like it's- like um, not a woman sorry yeah how has how has jordan i mean at least like aman how i mean i'm sure it's changed a lot right like since, since, since the, the time, time period the book, you're writing or? about it did change a lot um i mean amman was always considered a liberal city okay you know when you compare it to other middle eastern cities yeah. like damascus Baghdad, um, uh, Cairo, or whatever. Yeah. But still, like, we're governed by um, Islamic traditions and Arabic and Middle Eastern traditions that unfortunately demonize homosexuality. Um, so you're never, you, you can never really be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can never really be yourself. I mean, there's like, there's literally one gay bar or gay cafe in, in Jordan. At, I, I don't know if there's more, but even when you go there, you can't really be yourself. You have to be careful. You have to keep an eye and you have to keep watching, you know, the people around you. Like, do I know anybody here? If I hold someone's hand, is anybody going to see me? And, Got you. you know, yeah. you know you're always like, up that one, that one gay bar, whatever. What's talk, that? People keep bringing up that one gay bar in Amman whenever we oh, talk yeah. to Yeah, it's famous. It's, yeah. it's really famous. <laughs> Um, it, it's a cool spot. I love it, actually. Yeah. Uh, it, sounds, it sounds pretty fun. I mean, I wonder, yeah, I, I wonder if, like, bars, I don't know, like that bar, for example, if it's more acceptable for, like, expats, you know, to go. I don't know. You know? Oh, uh, yeah, know. like, like sometimes there's a double standard. Like, if you're a foreigner, you can, like, that's not our business, want. do what you want. But, like, if, you know... If it's, oh, if you're yeah. if you're a native, that like, yeah, yeah, I see. You're what you're just saying. held to yeah. like more of a tighter standard. Because sometimes you hear like, you know, like the white bro, the white bro who, who goes studied and, abroad, studied abroad in Jordan <laughs> for a semester, and they're like, oh my god, the gay bar there was so fun, you know. And I I feel like that's a, they're having a different experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah. they're not afraid of anything. They don't know the consequences of being gay in Jordan. You know, being gay in Jordan equals two things, three things. 
1% of a chance of being accepted by your family, 99% shared by either getting killed or unfortunately being disowned and becoming homeless. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, okay, something that I just really appreciated about your book is sometimes like what's not talked about is like how much that risk makes makes it almost easier for abusers within the community to yep. do their thing because it's like yeah. if no one is really has connected to society's safety net like no one can report that this gay relationship yeah. is abusive because you can't report the gay relationship and that just adds a whole nother layer to dynamics you've heard of you've heard of honor killings right yeah. honor killings. um so imagine you're a 17 year old boy or man or a young man mm-hmm. is being constantly raped by a guy who is 12 15 years older than you and he's threatening to tell your family that you're gay if you if you uh, disobey him or if you don't follow his demands what are, what, what are you gonna do like if you go to your family like hey i'm gay oh like right not our son we're gonna kill you hey i'm getting raped oh we have to kill him to cleanse our honor or to defend our honor so you're like you're in a tight spot and you can't really do anything about it which really really sucks yeah and if you go to like a legal uh yeah what are they gonna do they'll like go to your family you i guarantee you they're gonna make fun of you yeah or like tell your family maybe yeah like they're like what's your dad's number give me your dad's phone number right now and they'll call like, did you know your son is uh, getting da 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 da? Well, like, yeah, like there's no protection for um, the LGBTQ community anywhere in the Middle East, not even in Lebanon, which is considered really liberal. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you think about it. And I think like sometimes people don't want to talk about abusers within the community because it's like perpetual. You know, like people have stereotypes of like, oh, everybody is. Um, a predator or something but it or they're like just i don't know they, they don't want to paint like a negative image but then it just leaves out how much like in general being isolated from society and really any society even the u.s and like even more in places where uh being queer is more marginalized like that just creates an even better breeding ground for people like this to be manipulative and abusive and the more people speak out about this, the more people are aware of this um, yeah. issue. Um, obviously, it's it's not an easy issue to talk about. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, you know, determination. Um, but the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it. Like, hey, this is a this is a problem that we're facing every day. A lot of men are getting raped and they can't say any do anything. A lot of women are getting raped in the middle east and they can't do anything because they're 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 worried about their lives so we just have to keep fighting we can't just you know give up and let you know what's considered normal in our society dictate how we live our lives yeah like there's already so much shame surrounding sex in general that when you add like the abuse element when you re- when you add any type of queer element anything yep. that like makes whatever the sexual interaction is less, less even further away normalized. from normalized yeah. like there's no like yep. 
where do you go? And yeah, I mean, this is unfortunately very true. Yeah. I noticed at the end of the book, it said to be continued. Do you have like a sense of how long yes, you want to make I'm, the series? Um, so far, it's looking like it's just going to be two books. Mm -hmm. um, I actually just finished, well, a week ago, I finished chapter eight. Hey, damn. And, and, and now it's completely transitioning into like almost completely fiction. Gotcha. So it's becoming difficult um like in a different way because now i can i control the story mm -hmm. like how yeah. do i what do i what am i gonna do with john what am i gonna do with nathan what am yeah. i gonna do with robert like i have complete freedom over them you know what i mean so it's yeah. exciting but at the same time it's scary i don't want my anger to take over and like kill everybody in the book <laughs> or, <laughs> i wouldn't or, i wouldn't blame you though there's a lot I of know. people yeah, that... Then, I, yeah, once you read the book, you'll be like, yeah, you should... You, like, you should you should, you can artistically honor kill them? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know, like, killing or go to jail. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but okay. it's, it's going to be exciting, for sure. I guess, where did the line cross for you from um, reality to fiction? Like, did you mostly stay true to your real experiences for the first book did you fictionalize some of it and so i stayed like close to reality as much as possible for the first 19 chapters mm -hmm. um except for the last chapter okay uh, i changed it i switched to fiction so i can transition into um the, the second book okay but the ending um is true However, it did not take place in Bulgaria. Oh. It took place in Jordan. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know. Well, since you read the book, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, really I know what you're that, talking. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the Bulgaria trip is true. But it happened um, in the summer. Then we went back to Jordan. Got you. Yeah, a, a lot of the things that happened in the Bulgaria trip were were actually accurate. Oh wow. Yeah. Except Nathan was not there. I flew him over so I can, you know, start transitioning into the second right. book. Right. Okay. I noticed that you never specifically say it's in Jordan in the book. Like it's it's clearly Jordan, I, I, yeah, but it's it's it, it's not named as Jordan. Yeah. What did, if if yeah. you're if you're familiar with Middle Eastern politics and Middle Eastern geography, the minute. I mentioned kingdom, yeah. and the minute I said, you can, see, is, you, can, you, can, you can see Israel from that kingdom. Yeah. And then Israelis flew into the kingdom. Yeah. And Jordan was the only, Jordan and Egypt were the only two countries with a peace treaty with Israel. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're familiar with that, you're like, oh, yep, that guy's in and Jordan you say for sure. Kingdom, so it's obviously Jordan, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously yeah. Jordan. So that's why I kept referring to it as the kingdom. I thought, um, that, I thought that was like a really cool artistic choice because like you're kind of opening up the narrative to um be relatable to like surrounding to yeah. other kingdoms where you can see Israel. <laughs> no, no but <laughs> yes I guess, I mean, particularly you can you can see you can see israel from uh the saudi jordanian border and uh uh close to the red sea um okay, okay. So point, you, yeah especially at night you can see uh uh Israel very well actually the, all the lights and um, oh, I forget wow. the city. but um, and uh, yeah and I, I, I like the name kingdom um, yeah and 
I, my, all my friends were telling me, just call it the kingdom. That's it. I'm like, no, it does. It sounds religious. Like I, I don't want it to be, you know, religious sounding. So I was thinking about my life and what my life felt like back then. It felt like a sandcastle. It was, when you look at it, it's so pretty from the outside, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's very fragile and one wave could destroy everything. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so, yeah. The wave was in the in the cover. I don't know if you've seen the cover. Yeah, the cover's beautiful. Um, thank you. I, I, an artist from Russia did it actually. Oh, um, wow. But uh, the wave is John, and the man okay. standing guard is me, yeah. and the sandcastle is basically my life. Like you know, my wow. my yeah. my gay life, like the secrets that I'm protecting, everything that I'm you know what I have left after yeah. my mom passed away. Yeah, and I saw like the the rainbow flag. Yeah, was on that side. Like yeah, there, yeah, I I put two. There were he put two rainbow flags. Oh, okay. I need to yep. look. one on the one on, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one on the spine and one on the front. Oh, okay, okay. I need to look at the spine again. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That makes a lot of sense now that you explain it like that. The kind of idea of fragility. I also, there's something about, like, obviously Jordan is a kingdom. People don't always think of it as being one. Um, Like, you know, I think the monarchy has this very, we were kind of having, I don't know, like a conversation in general about like monarchy fetishes that people have, like including the British one. Um, But I think like the Jordanian monarchy falls into this. Like they kind of have this like, oh, we're like the cool monarchs. We're like this cool posh yeah, they're, monarchy they're, image going they're on the cool, yeah they're yeah. the cool middle eastern monarchs for sure <laughs> but but underneath it they're kind of not like they're yeah. just the no, same I mean, like, despots that everyone else is i agree yeah. i mean luckily for us they're liberal somewhat so jordan is not as strict as other countries yeah i mean that's yeah. the only good thing in my opinion well, and you have the, like, comparison of MBS and all of them, like, just across the border. So it's, like, yeah. it's a stark comparison that people can see. And that I guess that makes, like, the system in Jordan appear to be a lot more liberal. Just yep. considering, like, what's around. Like, like, the kingdom, like, Saudi Arabia. If you just, like, compare that. Um, oh, I know. I mean, like, I so mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, what, like, like Saudi Arabia, like, especially in the summer. I remember one year we had 1.7 million Saudis uh, visit Jordan. Damn. Yeah. For tourism. Okay. And that's just, and they, like, that's crazy. If you, like, 1.7 million. That's, that's like, I know. That's almost 20% of the Jordanian population. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know a lot of Saudis go to um, Lebanon also. Yeah, I've, I've seen yeah. Saudis in Lebanon. Saudis in Lebanon yeah, always I, go hard. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, Lebanon and Syria back in the day when Syria was safe. Unfortunately, oh, it's not okay. anymore. Yeah. But um, um, I guess the people, the, the Saudis who were going to Syria, stopped going to Syria and switched to Jordan. Oh, god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my relatives always go to Lebanon. They don't. They haven't talked about Jordan, which I'm surprised, because like you would think that would be like. 
I feel like Lebanon is for Saudis that want to get really trashy. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. We all know why they go there. Yeah. yeah. Lots of booze. Yeah. <laughs> and other things. Um, and other things. But yeah. who, are, who are we to judge, I guess? Sure. I guess, and, and now it's like Saudi Arabia is now kind of getting... I feel like they're headed in the, like, Dubai direction, you know? Because they're, like... Yeah, like, they're having, like, Nicki Minaj and... They're trying to lean... They're trying to, like, rebrand themselves now. Yep, and they're it's trying just, to like, encourage yeah. tourism, like, from, from you know, the Western Hemisphere, yeah, too. Yeah, I think because, well, like... like I think because oil money isn't going to last forever, and they're like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, I know. Like, uh, <laughs> we have, like, 30 years left, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to go by super quick. <laughs> yeah. What else can we do? Yeah. Like, how are we going to buy new yachts and new mansions? Exactly. How are we going to fly our la- Lamborghinis to Paris for the Lamborghini competition? I know. Like, we bought an A380, guys. It's expensive. We have to maintain it. <laughs> Isn't it funny? The Middle East is Wild. so tiny, but it's so diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like crazy diverse. Like Jordan and Saudi Arabia, like, like what smaller than Texas, both of them, if you combine both of them. And they're like completely two different cultures. Like yeah. even in Saudi Arabia, like the east side and the west side, completely different. Totally. Am I wrong? Or Right? No, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. Even in Jordan, like if you're from the north or the south of the or the middle, mm-hmm. it's just like you have different beliefs, different traditions, different mm-hmm. words, different dialects. It's it's insane. And Jordan is literally one third the size of Colorado. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's so tiny. Like you can that. drive from north to south, like from the most northern point to the most southern point in like five hours. Okay. I remember riding from Amman to Wadi Rum, Wadi Rum, and it yep. didn't it didn't take long, and it was just wildly different like areas. Oh my god! Everything it's looked crazy. completely different. Like it's so pretty. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, like the culture, like even the the culture in and surrounding Amman just felt completely different from. Like, it is different. Like thirty minutes out of Amman, you're in a completely different culture. Yeah. Like even in Amman itself, like Western Amman is so different than or from Eastern Amman. One is so westernized where you have like the Four Seasons, the St. Regis, the malls, the bars. And then the other one is just like, you know, potholes all over the, the streets and bad neighborhoods and public schools that are not funded very well. And, you know, it's like 180 degrees different. Did you did you go up? In Amman or like yeah oh okay mm-hmm. gotcha cool um so how's yeah do you want to talk about like life in Colorado how it's been um maybe how you met your husband also yeah well um so I moved here after college I graduated from OU in Oklahoma my degree was in petroleum engineering so um, I became a directional drilling engineer with an international company. Uh, and we were drilling in Colorado. And after that, I started my own consulting company. And that's in 2014. That's when I met my husband. We met on a very famous app for gay people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Grindr. Yes. And... We, we, Grindr needs to sponsor us. We yeah, talk, we talk about, about them Grindr so all much. the time. 
Like, I know Grinder is awesome. I met like my best friend on Grinder, like oh, my best huh? gay friend. That's you know? so wholesome. I love that. I know it's it's not it's not just for hookups. It's for everything. Um, I, but... I feel like we're literally a commercial right now, and they need to, they <laughs> know, need to give us money. Grinder, find happiness. <laughs> Yes. Um, find your future husband or your future best friend. Yeah. Anyways, um, so we met and he asked me out on a date and I said yes. And that was December 23rd, 2014. And we've been together, you know, ever since. Aww. And now we have three cats and a dog. Oh, how do the cats and the dog get along? Yeah. I've never how had they love each other. They're, oh, they're, good. They all get along. Our dog is an old English sheep dog. Um, he's a hundred, he's like almost a hundred pounds. And, um, our cats are rescued from animal shelters. They're Sophie, Valentino, Oliver, and the dog is Benjamin. Yes. And they all get along so well. The only, uh, difficult relationship is between Oliver and Sophie. They don't Sophie does not like Oliver. We have, yeah, two, we have two cats and they're, they've, they've been, been fighting lately. They've been fighting a lot. We're not sure if they're like arguing about politics. I think, it's, I think it's political, yeah. Were, yeah. They, were, they, were they friendly for, and then she switched or did they just like fight? No, I mean, the they've time? always had this like frenemyship. Yeah. Oh. So we're like, what are you fighting about now? Like religion this time? <laughs> I, we think it's about sectarianism yeah. right now, but we're not sure. <laughs> it's been like every day. Tally is Something very like pro-sectarianism and Cinco is not happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah I, I don't know. Sophie, well, Oliver is very rough and Sophie's super delicate. And Sophie Aww. does not like be, she doesn't like to be, you know, like, she doesn't like playing with other cats. Okay. She, okay. She, just, she just likes to be, you know, she wants, she to, wants be to be petted. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and Oliver is like very rough and Sophie just like, just doesn't like him at all. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, living in Denver is awesome. Like we're super close to the mountains. I used to ski, but I stopped. Um, it's just too much work. It's not for me. <laughs> it is. There's um, so much preparation. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and just like the fact that you have to drive up and then yeah. deal with ski traffic and spend three hours on the highway oh driving down and maybe get stuck in a snowstorm. It's just not worth it for me. Yeah. Um, but we have amazing restaurants. We have amazing gay bars and gay clubs. Um, it's, it's a very friendly city for LGBTQ and yeah. our gay pride or, or the pride parade is really fun and big. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I love Denver. I've never been to their Pride. That would be fun. It's really fun. It's 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 really cool, actually. Yeah, nice. And Colorado now has the only gay governor in the states, so that's that's kind of nice. Oh. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Oh wait, I missed that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, he's the uh, um, Jared Polis. I, okay, I missed the gay part. <laughs> that's great. Okay, um, what was it like living in Oklahoma, like? Actually, it was super interesting because, ironically, everybody was familiar with Jordan for one reason. Queen Noor, King Hussein's wife, went to OU for uh, a speech once, oh. and everybody was familiar with her in the city. So <laughs> everybody knew. Everybody knew Jordan. Okay. Um, did they Did way, they know it in a positive way or just yeah, like they a, know, like they always say Queen okay. Noor. She's so pretty, Queen Noor. Like she was here and. Um, and um people in oklahoma are so friendly it's crazy like i've never yeah, met that's true 
more friendly people than you know the people of Oklahoma. They are, yeah. My, that's where my mom is from, so I, I, I know the type of friendliness you're talking about. Like it's like it's like you know when you're at a stop sign, and even if you have the right of way, they'll let you pass. Like if you don't have the right of way, I mean, they'll let you like you know they'll wave at you to go before them. Like oh, thank you. <laughs> I believe it. You know, yeah. they let you pass on the freeway. They let you merge. They let you. It's it's like. Yeah. The opposite of Colorado or the opposite of California. Yeah. California drivers are brutal. Oh my god, tell me oh, about it. I just yeah. got back literally I landed four hours ago and oh, wow. it was, yeah, I was there for a whole week visiting my family and I drove everywhere. It was just insane. Like yeah. like it's a people think it's a competition. I'm like, it's not there's no trophy at the end, trust me. <laughs> yeah. It's just let, yeah. let me pass, please. I know. All you do is get to the place. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But driving in Jordan is, oh, my God. Like, yeah. if you stop at a stop sign, people will honk at you for stopping How at the stop How dare you stop? <laughs> like, they know, yeah. like, oh, look at that foreigner. He's impeding traffic. It's like lanes. What are lanes? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. You like, oh, you mean you drive on the line, not between them? <laughs> Is it the same in oh Lebanon? My God. Yeah, I, I feel like the whole region that. doesn't doesn't like have lanes as a concept, you know? Even if <laughs> yeah. they have them, they don't they don't they just don't know what they are. It's yeah. like the physical lanes are different from the idea of lanes. Yeah. <laughs> like the idea of lanes don't doesn't exist. And ironically, Middle Easterns also don't respect boundaries in relationships. So like it's maybe not just that's the same thing. Maybe oh, it's just like maybe it's correlated. Yeah, it's Probably. like just I like lines in general. They don't count, you know. Oh my god! Yeah, I'll be like we were at the Dead Sea in 2016, mm -hmm. and I was standing in line to you know at the Almut station, and a whole family of four just like cut in front of me. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like it's common courtesy and decency to like, you know, just be respectful. Yeah. Is it, is it not, is our brains not wired that way? But we're not, we don't act like that. Why are we different? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe queer Arabs are just, just know better. how to stand in just lines. Better. Uh -huh. <laughs> we are better. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, um, where can people follow you or order the book when it's, when it's out? So it's on Amazon right now, and it's going to be on Barnes and Noble. And um, I don't have Twitter. Okay. I have Instagram, and um, I should be more active on Instagram. I don't know my. Oh, your username. handle. Is it cool uh, if people if people follow you? Like. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, cool. I should be more active on Instagram. I'm more active on Facebook, but gotcha. you know, Facebook is. That's a little more private, usually, right? Yeah. So my username is just my first name and last name. So it's Luai, L-U-A-I, Kubain, Q-U, B as in Bravo, A-I, N as in November. We're following you. Yeah, we're following you. Everyone else should go follow him too. Yeah. You'll see a picture of my dog and one of my cats. Well, it was so good to meet you. It's really, it's always kind of surreal, like to finish a book and then right away get to talk to the author, author. <laughs> that's, that's it's that's so weird book. like i'm an author so cool. like, i'm a published author yeah you are yeah you are yeah it's a book <laughs> yeah you have a book a full book i know and it's a really it's weird good <laughs> yeah yeah that must feel like weird right now because 
this yeah, is, I, I mean, this is so the, new I, I even recorded my uh, reaction when I held the book for the first time. It's on my Instagram. Oh. It felt, yeah, it felt so weird. I'm like, and, and like, I could not believe that I was actually holding the book. Oh, it's like this came out of me. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is my baby. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, writing, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done either of these things, so who am I to compare them? I feel like writing a book is a little like having a baby, though. It is. It's, it's yeah. more work than having a baby. <laughs> I mean, it took you longer than, like, yeah, the yeah. nine months. So. Yeah. It, doesn't, I, it I probably mean, doesn't require as much parenting after the fact, though. No, no. I mean, <laughs> like, having a baby is def definitely a lot more difficult than writing a book. But, like, the process of writing a book is, is harder than the process of getting pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for talking with us. This was great. Um, and of course. I, I can't wait to read the second book. Um, oh, yeah. I can't wait till I'm finished with it. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm excited. So you all can follow us on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook at The Queer Arabs. And our website is thequeerarabs.com. And you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com.